Today's Issues continues on AFR with your host, Tim Wildman, president of the American Family Association. Welcome back, everybody, to the radio program. Today's issues on the American Family Radio Network. If you want a, uh, if you want to send us an email, go to comments at afr.net. Comments at afr.net. This program is called Today's Issues. We're here from ten zero five to ten to eleven thirty Central Time each weekday morning. I'm Tim Wildman with Ed Battagliano, and Steve Jordahl joins us now. Good morning, Steve. Good morning. Everybody. Uh, in case you were wondering, I looked it up. The population of Ukraine in 2022 is 43 million people. That's in Ukraine? Mm-hmm. In Ukraine. That's a lot of people. Uh, because Russia's like 143 million. Yeah, so but it takes a, that's a, a long third. time to get those people over on the the eastern part, like by Japan over to anywhere so they really don't count okay <laughs> well we're not so, talking so military third, troops we're so just talking that's a third of the population of russia if, yeah, if pretty, i'm right on that pretty big place um you know by comparison the united states is 330 million or 340 million i was writing that number up but i think we i think we the united states are the third most populated country in the world behind china india number two and then the u.s um, but anyway, we've been talking the last hour basically about the situation between Russia and Ukraine and our involvement by our, I mean, the United States, uh, involvement in this situation. And we mentioned too, that Ukraine is under attack, uh, cyber attack. And, uh, the, uh, gentleman in charge there in the Ukraine says it's, a, a, but basically I'm uh, I don't have the quote here right in front of me, but this is extremely serious because their their government websites are being under attack from uh, from Russia. So Z- Zelensky, the the president of um, you know what, uh, we're gonna have to wait and see what happens here. But from what I can gather, from listening to Frank Gaffney and reading, I'm not I'm not I'm not so I. Sounds like to me Ukraine is at Russia's mercy. I, I and I, and plus I think that Putin wants to, if he's intent on taking Ukraine, he wants to do it with as few casualties as possible. Right. So he's not just going to charge in and let it, you know, a bunch of tanks get taken out. You know, he's he's going to he'll he'll move in, then he'll re he'll coalesce his forces once again, and then move on. Kiev, or however, to, however they pronounce it. I, I, that was just a guess of mine. I, yeah. I don't know. I'm just we're just watching this in real time. What's happening over there? But Steve, the talk we had last hour too was how this might impact uh, us economically here in the United States in terms of our gas prices going up. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, potentially four or five dollars a gallon, or some say higher. Can't imagine. Uh, yeah, um, and I heard you guys listen to Trudeau, I mean Trudeau, uh, Joe Biden saying that it was going to have an impact. I have a chart in front of me that we looked at a little bit uh, at do our we, story. Do meeting. we want to see this chart? I don't think you do. <laughs> uh, 
I'll send it over to uh, to uh, Brent to see if he can post it on our Facebook page. But this is the price of gas. This is a graph of the pi- price of gas from uh, January 2021 to now, and it is consistent climb from somewhere around forty eight dollars a barrel to now. Well, now I hear it's over a hundred dollars a barrel. This chart goes up through until ninety five, but it is. It is a fairly constant climb with a couple of dips, uh, like when Joe Biden opened up some of the strategic reserves a few months ago. It didn't do a whole lot. didn't keep it down for very long. So, yeah, we're, we're, heading, we're heading there. And that is not what the strategic reserve was for anyway. No. It's, it's not to score political points by lowering gas prices. It's in case we d- can't get oil. Yeah. Anybody here got co- have confidence in Biden to lead us the next uh- – Three years. Can can I at least get? Will you raise your hand above your waist if you have? I'm lowering my hands. Okay, that's how much. I, you I, think? Do you think this reflects? He's he's already underwater with his poll numbers. Uh, not even considering the Russia Ukraine ramifications. Listen, if, if if things occur in November like it looks like it's going to happen, and Republicans. <laughs> Take retake the House, maybe even recapture the Senate. Who knows? We still have three more years of Biden-Harris, and a lot more damage can be done in this country with those two at the helm. Your question presumes that Biden's been leading this country for the first year. I'm not sure that that's the case necessarily. Point, point but. taken. But I'm uh, I'm as concerned, maybe not quite as concerned. Of course, I disagree with completely with Biden's, uh, quote, progressive ideology, uh, the woke, the, 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 the giving in to the, the, the uh, far left, which he's become a, a leader of, right, with his policies I'm talking about, Biden I'm talking about. Uh, also, just from a uh, mental health perspective, the guy is not 100%. I want to play you just a real quick 16 seconds from a, uh, a, a virtual event that he had uh, last week. Um, this is on securing critical minerals. Listen to – this goes to speak to whether he's the one that's doing leading or not. Listen to Cut 12. Um, now you got to let me know when I'm supposed to stop here. But, uh, um, uh, okay, do I yield to you now or do I go on? You can go on. I can go on, okay. Uh, Alicia. I don't know if he's leading the country that, or not, but he's not yeah. leading that meeting. That's the guy we got heading up the situation room? Yeah. In the White House? Right now? Well, uh, you know, sure I, 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 I don't know what you do about it because you're stuck. We're stuck. I mean, you can impeach the guy, I guess, but that's not going to happen with the Democrats. Well, Republicans are not going to play the game like the Democrats did. They're not going to just – just because they – I don't think they hate Joe Biden like – like Democrats hated Trump, not even in the in the ballpark. But even if they did, Republicans generally are, are not cutthroat politically. They don't play that kind of cutthroat. They don't game. have the killer instinct. They're not gonna. They're not gonna impeach them. Impeach Biden just because they can. Yeah, that's what think, the Democrats did to, to Trump. But I think what Tim has said, I agree uh, with because he's my boss and because yeah. actually he's making sense. Yeah. Which is he has done impeachable things. If you look at the border, how uh, porous that has been. I agree that that is something that is impeachable. And now you can um, take a look at yeah, the Afghanistan but, disaster. But the Democrats, I don't know what you have to have 
I've forgotten what you have to have to, to impeach exactly the numbers. Maybe it's just a majority. No, I think it's two-thirds. I'll have to look. Let me look. Well, anyway, uh, the, the unless Biden resigns, we're stuck. I, I think that's right. I think he has to resign. He has to say, my health is failing, and I'm going to resign. Kamala Harris will take oh, over, and then she'll have a vice president. She'll select oh. a vice president. But, Tim, I'm, I think you're not giving her enough credit. I'm sure she'll pick a vice president purely on qualifications, not on the on, on I'm looking for a white male. Or, <laughs> okay, <laughs> we need a white male in here to be a <laughs> vice president. You know what? I mentioned scary. I don't. I don't mean to. But I think I'm thinking what a lot of people are thinking on this in this way. We're you're worried about the guy. You're worried what kind of decisions are going to be made. Who's going to be making them? What if Biden's napping, or or can't remember, can't remember what day it is, or uh, you know you know what I'm saying? Or what least, if he goes all cranky? Uh, yeah. Hey, you kids, get off my grass. Right. Uh, cranky, right. and then and then sends, no, I told sends Putin, the 82nd you go ahead and, Airborne. You go ahead and fire those uh, missiles into Moscow. Yeah, I'm, Moscow. I'm sending the 82nd I'm a, Airborne I'm into a, Kiev. Right, We're, because he has a because he gets cantank, cantankerous yeah. or whatever. I'm I, betting he gets Secretary of State Corn Pop to go over there and settle things. <laughs> and pull well, out his blade. Yeah, right. <laughs> you, you know, then we've got Lloyd Austin, the uh, Secretary of Defense. He's a wokey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he's trying to purge the military of conservatives. And that's what Frank Gaffney said. We yeah. had him on in the last uh, segment. He was talking about the purge that has occurred. Yeah, a lot been, of that's pe- been going on for a year or two. Then you had, um, then you have the, <laughs> we're just not getting any, any good news here. We've right. got General Miley. Isn't that his name? Is it Millie or Miley? I think it's Miley. He is the, uh, chairman of the joint chiefs of staff and he testified a year ago or so before the congress that he was reading up on quote white rage yeah he that's what he was reading he wanted to understand it you know a, a lot of people either they forget if they learned it or, or just don't i don't know whatever but um joseph stalin in the 30s because of paranoia now it's for different reasons but he purged his military of some of his best generals and was almost caught flat-footed when uh, World War II came to Russia, okay, the Soviet Union, and he had a scramble. You, If you purge your military of good leadership, experienced leadership, because they're not woke, which has been going on, it happened under Obama, um, President Trump tried to stem the bleeding, but now Biden has gone right back to this purge because of woke reasons. Uh, if you purge that experience when you need them most, which is when wars come suddenly and crises come suddenly, you can't just you can't go to Walmart and buy experience for your military <laughs> leaders. It is shameful what Biden did to the military on the uh, COVID nineteen. Oh yes, shots. The, uh, yeah, the shots, the uh, vaccine shots, vaccine mandates, yeah, letting people go. I don't, Experience I don't know officers. if people realize unless they have family members in the military. Biden kicked them out in the last three or four months, right? And, it, and they're in the process of kicking 
our, our people who serve in the military out because they won't get the jab. Yeah, and that, I don't think that's been reversed because COVID's going away either. No, it should. Yeah. Biden should today, if he were if a reasonable person, say, you know what, I'm ending those vaccine mandates for the military and we're stopping kicking people out because it's no longer needed. With the, the, the virus is going away. And furthermore, we're in a crisis moment and we don't need to be kicking out uh, one one tenth of our military. So if he if he he should do that, he won't do that because that he sold out to the woke ideology yeah. too. But uh, anyway, I just I, that he, he and they were going to kick him out uh, in a dishonorably discharged manner. Yeah. That had to change, I yeah. think, because there the, have been some lawsuits about that. You no, know, the Republicans stepped in and said no. I think I, I think I've got that story right, but they were going to kick him out with a dishonorable discharge. I mean. Let me let me close the loop on this impeachment thing. All right. The House of Representatives brings the articles of impeachment. It takes 50% plus one vote to ratify those. They send them over to the Senate, where a supermajority of two-thirds yeah. is needed to convict. Yeah. Which is which is how they, the House, was controlled able to by Democrats, were able to twice. impeach him twice. Right. You're listening to Today's Issues on American Family Radio. Next story. Let's talk about satisfaction of life. Uh, Not a whole lot of people seem to be real satisfied right now, but according to a uh, Gallup survey, they find that 92% of those who attend church services weekly are satisfied with their life. That's a marked um, increase over the general population or those that don't. Uh, 82% of those who attend less than than weekly are very satisfied with their, their life. So... The, I have a long article from Gallup that kind of goes into maybe what the the reasons are. What what are the what are the percentages for those, for example, who don't attend church at all? Do, do you have that highlighted? Well, I think they're well. Um, they don't. Uh, this article doesn't get that, and I didn't get the raw numbers, but I think they would be included in the those that don't attend church weekly. Um, yes, but what they're saying is that. Um, It's the friendships that you get at church that make the difference. You know, you have a a community to belong to. Uh, There's some thought that maybe the fact that you could depend on an on an omnipotent God takes a lot of the worry about life off your shoulders. Right. Um, And then the um, it's the uh, friendships that you make at church that are strong friendships. The question that this article raises that I'd like to ask you guys is, okay, so the Declaration of Independence, one of its key uh, components is that the it includes the pursuit of happiness as one of humankind's God-given inalienable rights. Does the United States have a duty then to put public policy into place that would encourage church attendance? No. I mean, I, 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 no, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me throw a couple couple caveats let me explain that for people accuse me of 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 being a a liberal or worse an unbeliever i'm gonna Uh, i'm not even gonna say anything till you get through here (laughs) okay i I think i know what you're gonna say and i agree with you as we're experiencing (laughs) telepathic telepathic conjunction uh, there uh, yeah conversation right now i I, listen i think I, i think our entire culture which includes government policies ought to encourage marriage between one man and one woman, 
uh, should help protect the family, should remove all obstructions to a vigorous Christian voice in the culture. I, I don't think that the federal government should um, uh, should disadvantage other faiths, even though I believe Christianity to be. In other words, we need to keep religious liberty as a, a guarantee for all faiths. But I think the government should do everything it can to um, to promote a public sphere that is friendly to religion. A couple of things that I'm thinking about that. Number one, I don't know that this survey doesn't include synagogue and mosque attendance right. as satisfaction. They might. Um, the other thing is, it is the purpose of public policy to craft policies in the United States that will strengthen our culture, our people. Oh, well. And, and so um, in that case, and you look at our founding fathers, they certainly encouraged it. In fact, some states had a state church before. You well, know, state well, George Washington said in uh, his, I don't know. Farewell address. Was it his farewell? That um, I just sent that to you, telepathy. <laughs> The political you prosperity should have got it. You need to open that message. <laughs> <laughs> the political prosperity depends upon the dual pillars of religion and morality. Right. That's that's what he said. I, I I absolutely believe that we cannot remain free without, in my opinion, the morality that flows from Christianity. Period. And okay. it's not just because so, you, hey, you already get uh, just a minor thing, but you do get a tax write-off for giving to charities, including your church. Right. So that is an encouragement. And uh, churches are are not taxed, which is another uh, public policy. Yeah. And it's not just because we think we're right and they're wrong, yeah. although we do think we're right and they're wrong. Right. But because this is actually, as the study shows, this actually is beneficial to the country, which yeah. is why you craft policy. Yeah. The bottom line is Gallup found that people who go to church on a regular basis are happier than people who don't. Yep. And, and feel more satisfied and have, have a, a reason is that you have meaning and purpose to your life because you know you're living under God. Right. And that God is uh, real and that God is eternal. And uh, God tells us through the Bible what we're supposed to do, how we're supposed to conduct ourselves while we live on this planet. And he gives us hope for an afterlife through trust and faith in Christ. For forgiveness of our sins, we 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 go that way. We go to heaven when we die, right? Which is a greater place than earth, as a, we know. So there is a future for us. You take somebody who doesn't believe in God, and I'm not talking about a belief like Santa Claus or something like that, or Bigfoot, as we talked about earlier. I'm talking about. Uh, uh, you know, something fantastical, if that's a word. I'm talking about the God of the universe who created man tells us the way to go to for happiness and for eternity. And the people who don't believe in God and don't believe in the Bible, this is all they got in their minds. Right. So why wouldn't that lead to drug use or overdose or hopelessness Depression or and get mine here and now, uh, everybody else, uh, forget about everybody else. Right. And, and why wouldn't also, can you, can you imagine the hopelessness that comes yeah. with, with atheism or agnosticism? Right. I mean, it's just, uh, 
that's a very dark mental state to be in. So that, that doesn't surprise me that, that, that that's only bearing out what the scriptures say. Sure. The Gallup survey you referenced. And there. I would also add to what you said and, and did in very fine fashion. Thank you. That uh, if you break what Tim's talking about, if you break the laws that God put into place about how humans are to act, your culture begins to unravel. It does. Which is what's happening it is. in our nation. It is. It is. And in fact, we have a story here from New York City that a tremendous uh, amount of people are jumping the, the turnstiles on the subways and not paying uh, fares for buses. And it's not just the indigent, the poor, the drug addicted, the homeless that you see in the subways. This is Wall Street guys that think that, ah, I don't have to pay. Yeah, and, and I, saw the video, I saw the video on that this morning, and it was kind of stunning to see all these people just jumping over the turnstiles and not paying. And this, this sounds like it's minor compared with all the uh, terrible violence that's been going on in these inner cities, in these, in these big cities. Um, but it's a manifestation. It's symptomatic of a breakdown uh, of morals right. on an individual level. And on a, in a community sense. Across social and economic yep. levels. Right. I tell you what, <clears throat> if we can just go ahead and end this show on a very depressing note. <laughs> uh, I got a couple minutes worth of something if okay, you want to hear this. Okay, well, thing. I'll just say this. I mentioned this at our show meeting this morning, and, I, and I, I'm an optimistic person. Until Mississippi State gets halfway through their football season, <laughs> I'm an optimistic person. Right. But I'm an optimistic person. I believe in God. I have hope for tomorrow. And and hope springs eternal when you follow Jesus, right? Amen. So, but looking at the reality on the ground here in America, the big cities in our country are about to turn into hell. I don't mean that in a oh. profane way. They they are. Mm-hmm. It, it, you're not going to be able to have enough policemen. Not that, by the way, they're defunding. Right. You're not going to be able to have enough police. Or to, social workers. To control, yes, to control. If you lose the moral fabric then uh, of the culture in a broad, general way, then you, you will see society start to crumble, and it'll turn into lawlessness. It'll get worse and worse and worse. The Wild West. Yes, and that's happening. We're seeing that every day now happening. It's starting. Some would say it's already started, but it's it's really starting to escalate now in in the big cities in our country. Uh, when the mayor of San Francisco, who's a far lefty, says we've lost control of our city, yeah, when she right. admits that publicly. When the far lefties who are on the school board get voted out in San Francisco by the far lefties on the voters. Right. When the mayor of New York says, uh, we have got to get our city under control, this is getting out of hand. Uh, now, the mayor of Chicago, Lightfoot, she doesn't give a rip, you know. Yeah. She, she just, I mean, she doesn't seem to. It's, it's every weekend in Chicago, there are 10 to 20 people killed. It seems and that's like. been happening for years. But years. I'm talking about beyond that. I'm talking about... This is starting, this kind of crime, uh, brazen, broad daylight, is reaching the suburbs. But let me put an optimistic uh, exclamation bow, put point Put a bow on, on that. I'll put a bow on that. 
What if God is letting us eat the fruit of our wicked labors in order to call us back to him? That's biblical. That's biblical. And my hope is that that's what's happening. God's saying, you want meat in the wilderness, Israel? You're going to get what you're asking for until it comes out your nose. Hey, I don't uh, think that's too optimistic. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, but then, hey. then we turn back to God. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow, everybody. We hope you'll join us. <laughs> <laughs>